Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon, and together with my husband, Marcus Dillon, we lead Who's Really the Boss podcast, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. So here we are approaching the end of 2023. Everything is digital, automated, or can be. Like most things have those options. But yet, I spent how many minutes on phone calls trying to schedule appointments with different providers that don't have online scheduling? At this point, I can even do discount tire and schedule my appointment to go get the, you know, a tire fixed or new tires put on. But my you, you do that? dentist, I do that. My okay. dentist, my, maybe I'm the one who shows up. Maybe I don't schedule it, but I'm yeah. definitely the one who drives the car there yeah. and waits or doesn't wait. But yeah, you, you don't handle that part. <laughs> um, but trying to schedule for, it was dog grooming. Dog grooming and boarding. And boarding. Doctor's appointment, dentist appointment, and hair appointment. And I had to call, like, physically, wait till they opened, talk to a person, go through both people's calendars of when availability was going to happen to schedule those things. It was like 30 minutes. I think it was our entire morning walk. Um, and then and then some follow-up after the fact for the doctor's office who you don't get a person when you call. You have to wait for them to call you back. Yeah. Um, it is frustrating where we're at today. And I think it's cultural. So to, to kind of give color to all of those four people and those four businesses, they aren't rural, like small businesses. They are not urban, but, uh, you know, suburbs and thriving, doing well, um, as booked, as they want to be actually have capacity concerns. Each one of those businesses has more work than they know what to do with. So the fact that they have somebody physically answering, monitoring, and not a digital presence is frustrating. And it's even more frustrating because one of those is a client and the other one is a really good friend who I spend a lot of time with. And there are options, I think, for the one that is a client, but they aren't well-known options. And I think that's the other problem. So the one that is a client, they do now have online scheduling. And it was probably an education piece of how do I go in to cancel one and reschedule the next because the original appointment wasn't done through that system. So the awesome thing is I was able to schedule the next appointment for one of our girls um, that's going to happen even later in the year online. And it was so amazing because typically that's a 10 minute phone call trying to go through everybody's schedules. So wanted to just make it a full topic because we implemented online or digital calendars. They're free. They're widely available. They're not even new. So we implemented them a while back for use with clients and also use with internal team members, just finding open availability of like, hey, can you meet tomorrow? And if it's not like an immediate yes, like, oh, well, just send me your calendar link and I'll pick a time 
on yeah. your calendar. Yeah, and, and we believe in um, time blocking. Like it's something that we've Im- implemented in our personal life, in our business life, and setting your ideal day, putting guardrails in place around what's important, whether it's deep work or family commitments, and having those buffers set out allows for this. It gives, uh, it, it gives transparency to the organization internally and externally about how often or how avail- how available you are. So all of that to say, you have to have a system in place that does that. Where we're at today, digital calendars, digital booking should be such a low barrier to entry because there are free resources out there. And where we're at as a culture, we expect it. It is no longer a deciding factor on whether or not to do business with somebody. It is the norm that we just know to be true. So whenever it's outside of that and that's the only option, it stands out and it feels antiquated. And part of it just goes to the culture that we're in. Obviously our parents would have done things a different way. Our grandparents would have done things a different way and valued a live person answering every phone call, working through the monotony of like, what works for you? What works for you? And that back and forth where we're at today, you and I as business owners, and I think our clients and our team as business owners, everything we prefer to be digital and assume it to be digital unless there is something that we want analog. And when I say something that we want analog, if I wanted to feel the experience of driving a car, a six-speed manual transmission, that is a choice that I- Just hypothetically. Yeah, just hypothetically. That is a choice that I want to make because now the norm is automatic transmissions and you just get in a car and it drives you some of them to your destination. But if I want to feel connected to the car, connected to the road, have more of an experience, I may choose the manual driving option. If I want to take notes, there's plenty of different options to do that. So if I wanted to take notes with a digital notepad, those are out there. We've never bought them, but I know a lot of friends have them. If I wanted to take notes on my phone or my iPad or my computer, plenty of different things. But for me, the physical writing of notes in a planner, something connects in my brain. I don't know what it is. And I'm never going to go back and read those notes. Like never, like 99% sure I'm never going to go back and read those notes, but I've got a shelf full of these planners that are my quarterly planners that I can go back to and they're there. Maybe one day my kids and my grandkids will go pick like what in the world did they do in 2023? Like what did the world look like? And so those are the pieces where if you choose analog over digital, that should be your choice. Yeah. And I think if you want a better experience for your clients, if you want a more professional experience or a more modern experience of your business, you will implement a digital online calendar or booking system. So some people may say they don't want to do more calls. In our business, we do want to do more calls. We're very relational. So we we want people calling us. We want prospects calling um, and not necessarily calling, but scheduling a meeting. So not out of the blue, but like at a scheduled time where we can sit down and really have a conversation. And so if you want that to happen, 
people sit down and make those types of plans typically after traditional business hours. A lot of times those things when they find you online or see you on social media or something sparks that they want to have a conversation, it's not during a traditional business hour. So they can't even call at that time. So now they have to wait until you open, until somebody answers the phone or returns their phone call to make that happen. Whereas if you have it online on your website or in a link that you can manage and send out to them, uh, then they can go through and look at their schedules, coordinate with whoever else might need to be in that meeting and book it at their convenience. Yeah. And so let's talk about a couple of different options on those. So I know that Calendly is one that's widely used. It's independent, I believe. So it works in different platforms, different email um, providers. So that's one that you can get a free Calendly account and go out and do your own thing if you've got an individual schedule. If you've got more of a organization schedule, like a team, uh, we use Bookings, which is built into Microsoft Office 365. It's built into Teams, and we can send that link, set up services for our team, and set the timeline of the meeting, what days of the week that works. And it also ties back to their calendar, their existing calendar, to see if they're available or not. So we've done that for years now, and it it's been helpful to not only the team member, the client, but also us individually. So talk about just some different, I don't know if you have statistics or different stories about do they really work? What does it really look like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, do they really work um, for sure? I know that I can see the timestamps of the email notifications of when people are actually booking. So a lot of times those appointments are scheduled um, outside of the what would be my traditional office hours. So no statistics. Um, what I think is important in these calendars is that you feel like, okay, well, some anyone can just book with me anytime. That's not exactly true and not what we would consider best practice. We would consider best practice to set up your parameters. What are the days and even times of day that you allow client meetings or prospect meetings. So maybe even they're divided up between these are internal, these are, you know, whatever they might be. You can set the links to be specific for certain times of day. You can take your own calendar and set up like, I never want to have meeting availability on Mondays or Fridays, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from say um, 10 to 5 that's great. People can choose a time anytime in there. The other parameters I like to set up, um, probably because of you, uh, Marcus, and uh, just the way that you operate in meetings, I like to set buffers before and after the meetings. So I will typically, which could feel like wasted time in your day, depending on how many meetings you have, how many days available. But I like to set up buffers of 15 minutes before and 15 minutes after. That way, one, if the meeting prior went over and two, to give yourself time to prepare for that meeting. So you don't feel like you have to prepare the night before days in advance. You have a few minutes right before you can pull whatever you need to pull and then jump on that call. But you can also even set, I think that that's a concern for people. What if my meeting goes over? you can set a buffer. What if somebody's, you know, scheduling with me on Friday afternoon, you can turn that off so that that's not available for them. Yeah, Turn it off before they book that, um, you know, obviously make it not an option, 
right? Yeah. So the other piece is, you know, whenever you're, you have this scheduling link, could it fall into the wrong hands? And that's something that I have to stay aware of just because of my limited availability. I don't have mine in my signature of my email just because a vendor could get it and I don't want that vendor showing up in my calendar. So you have to be protective in certain situations of your calendar link or you have to build in certain filtering requirements to where they could maybe not even book with you if they don't answer the questions the right way or fully, it won't give them the uh, avail- the availability at all or the final step to actually book the meeting. So there are ways that you can book that, that you can filter that in and have requirements. You know, if they answer, are you an existing client and they mark no, they may not be able to book on the calendar or on certain times on that calendar. It could feed both different ways. The other thing that we've seen that's popular in certain industries is actually a payment link before the calendar invite is booked or the invite is sent and the calendar link is booked. So you can actually, through different platforms, you can have a payment link where they put in their credit card, they put in their bank information, and it does an authorization or a deposit. And that way, you know, they're legit. They're on the other side of this. They want to speak with you that much that there is financial consideration to schedule that meeting. So that's probably the very most extreme situation if your time was very limited and valuable in that sense. Um, But that's, that's kind of where we're at, what we're seeing kind of things evolve to. Yeah, and we've talked about just my natural tendency to want to be in control of things. So like you mentioned, I don't put my calendar link in my signature just for any and every email that goes out. Um, I, I manually add that to an email or a message, whatever that might be. And I always check, (laughs) I always check the link that I'm sending to see what times are available just to make sure. So the way that these calendars work, they are linked to, typically, if you're using this as a business calendar, they're linked to your work calendar. You just have to make sure if you keep multiple calendars, sometimes personal things pop up for me and I don't add them, like they're not automatically forwarded to my business calendar or they're not added to that business calendar. So I typically check my link before I send it out. I also have my calendar link available on our website. So if certain forms are filled out on our website, it automatically um, sends a link for a prospect or a client, whoever's filled out that form on the website to book with me. And that again is just setting up parameters. They can't book within 24 hours. That way, um, you know, maybe, maybe I do have availability showing on my calendar, but I'm out for whatever reason and not at a place where I could do a meeting. They're not able to book like in 30 minutes. So it gives me time to know that it's coming time to prepare. So a lot of you still have a lot of control. It's not, that shouldn't be a concern of, you know, why not to do this, that, you know, that you would feel maybe that double bookings were going to happen or bookings outside of when you would want to meet with someone. All of those things can be set up ahead of time yeah, and changed and changed at any time. So as you know, your schedule or your preferences change, they can, they're easy to change. 
Yeah. And the other piece is, um, as you have additional team members and additional people, more than a one-on-one in a meeting, how do you coordinate those calendars across different people? And that's where that's usually the biggest pain point when you're trying to have multiple people join a meeting and in an organization, you can set up a shared calendar, like a team where you've got the availability is looking at both of their outlook calendars or whatever system that is used. There's also services out there. I had to look it up. Uh, there's one that's called doodle where you can actually create and link multiple people. So you invite them into a doodle calendar link D O O D L E. And that allows you to look at available options across multiple people, a lot of people. So I've, I've seen a client use that and I was invited into this and it pulled my availability and allowed me to choose which availability I preferred on certain days. So doodle is an option just to kind of have like a polling, you know, uh, coordination, um, for, for professional services, I guess, but getting back to like the, the clinical setting, like healthcare, dental, dog grooming. I don't know that that's clinical, but, um, that should be like a given low hanging fruit. And you go to some of these larger hospital systems where if you have to book an annual exam or blood work or anything like that, it's built in and that is the norm. So you may be missing, uh, missing out on opportunities. And unless you're really tracking website data, how many potential IP addresses or users are going throughout your whole website and then get to some scheduling link that's not there, that data you may be able to surface, but you also may be not, and you may just be missing out on opportunities of clients, patients, customers. Yeah. I know one thing early on that we added to our um, some of our services. So some of the uh, links for the digital calendar for certain services like advisory meetings, we put in questions you mentioned of, are you an existing client or not? Um, I guess one of those questions could potentially be, are you a robot um, to make sure that, you know, uh, different things aren't booking that are not legitimate people. But we also added in five questions or four questions that asked things like, do you have questions about your prior tax return? Do you have questions about current year tax planning? What is your biggest challenge? Do you have a question regarding the financial statement? Just so our CFOs and controllers can prepare before they go into that type of meeting, if there's any work that needs to be brought to make that conversation um, just more productive and be able to add more value during that instead of having to have the conversation, leave, do some follow-up, and then reconnect. Uh, that's also been something that's been very helpful. So they definitely uh, have the ability to meet the needs of whoever's using it. Yeah, I think, capability. I think that question of what do you want to talk about, like why are you booking this meeting is really important because it, before, we had those convert, before we had those questions on the link, we would over-prepare for things that they did not want to talk about or value. And that would drive most of the meeting if you're leading that meeting. And then they may just have a question about X, Y, or Z and you get off the phone in like five minutes, but we're going through and presenting all this stuff, which they didn't have questions about. They didn't value that time. It was just kind of going through the motions. And by adding that question, you're able to maybe even turn a meeting into an email 
or a quick call outside of the meeting time, which I try to do a lot of uh, a lot of the time. That way, it frees up my capacity and my availability for other meetings that can't be done that way. So I think it is great to add those prompting questions. Require certain ones like why'd you book this meeting, uh, or require them all and just have like the NA option if if not. So that's something that we've learned over the years. And I think it is now a necessary requirement. So let's go through because you know, I like to tell the the funny stories. Well, I they're funny after the fact, right? All of the uh, digital calendar fails <laughs> that have happened. And surprisingly, I really think we have we have definitely been using them since before COVID. So I want to say we're going into at least five years of using these links with internal and external. And for me personally, I think there have only been about four problems ever happen. One time was like I got double booked because something wasn't on the calendar that was attached to the link. Um, Another time, another time I want to say maybe a meeting actually did go Another time, and this was yours, but I'm going to say it because it was funny and then you can talk about it. But we had used like that same link and somehow a a client, somebody was able to join a meeting that we were already in. So we were talking to someone and then all of a sudden someone who shouldn't be a part of that meeting popped up um, in that meeting. So I think there's some parameters now too of like you can... It's an individual. You have to, you have to yeah. invite, you have to accept the person to come in the meeting rather than a face just showing. I think that's up. when we just had a regular Zoom link. Maybe and, so. And uh, they just joined the Zoom, right? Yeah. Um, but for me, some of the some of the areas, one, being more prepared for meetings, so we learn to add questions. Um, and then two, making sure that the parameters are set well, two things. Parameters are set, like can't be scheduled within 24 hours so that I just have time to know and make sure if I'm doing a phone call, I'm where I can take a phone call. If I'm doing a video call, which majority of them are a video call, that I am at a computer. I don't prefer to do those for work from my cell phone, even though I could. um, I don't feel like I'm most focused in that time. So have had where people have scheduled, um, you know, for like 15 minutes, <laughs> they, they get on our website, fill out a form, and then 15 minutes later, a calendar invite pops up and it's like right then. And so that's been one. And we learned from that to just set that buffer. And then two, making it very clear where and what type of meeting. Is it a phone call? Is it a video call? Or is it in person? Because this was uh, more recently and it was just because it wasn't clearly stated, easy to find the location of the meeting when they booked digitally. They showed up um, at our office and I was not there. (laughs) So that, and it was a first meeting for a prospect. And I really think that that goes down as worst first impression that we've ever had to date. Yeah. So I think it is important to give people options on phone, video, or in office. And if your in-office schedule is only certain days of the week, that feeds that availability as well. The other piece with the phone versus video is people are burned out on video conferencing and may not feel the need to get ready or get presentable as they would if they were on camera. So they sometimes just fall 
back in love with a regular phone call. And that's great. Like that, that way you, as the service provider, you don't have to get ready either if you're not, or you can keep your camera off. So those are things that the preference on that works really well. And as you said, making sure that each individual calendar link has its own unique meeting link will help keep things safe and secure. You won't have people joining the link um, that shouldn't be or have an old link um, at any given time just trying to ping you. I know that with Zoom, Zoom you can actually have your Zoom address be your phone number. And if someone has that, they can just call you at any given time, just like a phone, uh, right? And if you're in a meeting, they could maybe join a meeting or at least pop up that they're in the waiting room to join the meeting. So just some different settings to think through and obviously dial in as well uh, on that side. Where I've seen, we adapted the, the things that you've already shared, the stories that you shared, those we've worked through, we've come out the other side, we've been stronger. We now have adjusted policies and procedures to kind of get better and not have things happen again. I have seen other CPAs that do different things. And one of the CPAs that I know really, really well, um, whenever he was in full practice, when he had a full client list, he would actually send out his paper organizers at the beginning of the year and select a day and a time where that person could call or come into the office. He preset their meeting. I don't know what his rationale behind the day or the time that he chose, but he did choose it and put it on the front of their organizer. And that boggles my mind because you have no idea who's coming in. I think they were in 30 minute increments. Talk about a waste of a day. Just, I know I have to be at the office. I know I can't schedule anything else during these time frames. Someone may show up, someone may not. And I think I've, I asked him before, I'm like, who shows up? And he's like, it's different every year. And I'm like, this is awful. <laughs> and I didn't tell him that cause he's my senior and, um, I just wasn't confident at that stage of my career to do that, but that's what I thought. And now you look back at those policies and those procedures and you're like, why would you ever do it that way? And maybe someone's listening today and they're like, that's how we do it. And I'm just like, show me why that's beneficial to you and the the person who's coming in because you've selected something out of the hat, just thrown it on the wall. Likely it doesn't work. And what we've seen now is given our really lack of availability and being uh, aware of that, that that our schedule is compressed and we don't have much availability, I sometimes preface, like, here's my calendar if you want to find something that works for you. If not, let me know. 99 times out of 100, they're going to find something that works for them. Like, just if they're in a clinical setting and they, you know, work past a certain point, like that's the only time that we kind of have to find something else. The other thing is people, people fall out of love with scheduling too. Like that's the other side of it. So a tip there is you could actually throw out a time and day that works for you. So like Thursday, three o'clock. And if that doesn't work for them say, Hey, let's meet at Thursday at three o'clock. If not, here's my calendar. So that way you prompt them to look at their calendar. Thursday, three o'clock works. Doesn't work. It doesn't. Let's go to your calendar. Let's see what else is there. Just because if you want to be a little bit more direct and call for action, 
that way you can do it. So I think that's kind of from that CPA that I, I know really well that used to do things that way. Maybe that's how you bring it into the 21st century. Yeah. And it, it is amazing because in the beginning when he started doing that, he had a lot. He had a lot of, oh, a lot of people. He had a high yeah. volume. Uh, at the end, he when we would have been having this conversation and learned about this, at that point, he was only serving people that he liked and had a relationship with. So to him at that at that point of the career, it didn't matter who came in or who didn't come in. He would have been happy to see and spend the time with any of those people. But I can't say that same thing for him in his early days. And the process was the same earlier. Yeah. Um, I know for me and probably a lot of my friends, I would be dog tired if I had to do that, whether it was just waiting for people to come in, they don't show up. So then you're like, what did I do all day? I could have been in a different setting, working differently, not as prepared for this interruption. And the other, like, what's the quality of the conversation in that meeting? So I think those are the other pieces to really push back on is, is a meeting even required or can we solve this through some other asynchronous communication with, you know, whether that's uh, chat or email, that's, that's a big time saver as well. And it, it's just do what works for you and what you feel the most confident in, but know that if you don't have a calendar link utilized, you I don't know that we'd be doing business with you. Um, for some for some reason, these four people still pass the test and they all hit on it's the same because, day. But, it's probably because I don't like change yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm willing to endure the uh, pain of figuring all of that out. But also I go see them less because of it. Um, yeah. certain, certain things like I put off certain appointments because it is such a hassle to schedule it. Well, and you bring up a great point. So if it's not easy to schedule, the relationship won't take root. And if you're trying to meet with people monthly or quarterly to help advise them and they don't book meetings because there's no way to do that in their mind easily, then when they churn out, when you don't have a relationship with them and they are no longer a client, like no, no wonder because they just, you didn't make it easy. You didn't make it easy to do business with yourself. And so I think those are the other pieces to kind of keep in mind. If you are moving from a legacy system to a more digital, like the scheduling link, you also need to make sure that your client base, customer base knows about that and knows how to use it. There's a video tutorial. Most of these are so simple you can figure out, but if, if a grandma can figure out zoom during COVID, like, um, most people can figure out a calendar link. Yeah. Love it. The one thing I don't think we've had to do yet. Have, have you or I sent each other a calendar link to schedule time together as, as husband, wife, as working? I think we've, I think we've avoided that. I think we've shared calendars, maybe try to uh, coordinate something with someone else. But I think just for the two of us, we haven't ever said, here's my calendar link, find a time. Well, or even a calendar invite. I'd, I'd get nervous that you would say no. Um, oh, and, I have sent you a calendar invite. Okay. And and the rejection. <laughs> to, block, to block out your time. The rejection is real. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so we haven't done that yet. Uh, well, this has been good and hopefully helpful to someone. Um, if you are you know, scheduling with the service provider who does not have a digital link, help them out, tell them that there is a better way to do scheduling um, or 
potentially find a different provider that it's easier to get in with. Yeah. No, it's been a great call. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. Leave us a review with your thoughts, comments, and feedback on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.